0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet.
2: Spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
1: Week's good. Slow on the TV front, admittedly. Yeah, I mean, it's slow on the entertainment front. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't think we talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. Did did we last week? No. Okay, this is something that I've been wanting to bring up because they started this season, the final season, Mm -hmm. by going so hard against police. Yeah, like to the point where it just it wasn't even enjoyable to watch. Like yeah. it was like you're it's not that they couldn't have done it in a funny way, but it just seemed so uh so upright that it like did all the humor was gone
0: from the episode. It was way too serious. Well, that's fine and the thing is they probably made this some time ago when the sensitivity was a lot higher and I appreciate also that people who are in a position of otherwise glorifying police culture mm-hmm. want to be very responsible with that power and and throughout the rest of the season to be fair it's been
1: on brand it's been funny and there's still enough um, th- I think they were just trying to take on a lot yeah they were trying to take on COVID police brutality oh why is and Brooklyn Nine Nine doing COVID like, they don't all, like they're one of the of shows that things.
0: can just pretend COVID didn't happen
1: they had a whole sequence at the beginning where it's like the, like uh andy samberg so uh what's the name of the show why jake jake, peralta? jake yeah yeah peralta peralta and um uh <laughs> honestly, amy no i want to say lewis but i know that's not right joe Latrulio. oh yeah um boyle boyle yeah so him and boyle are like they have uh brooms with like gloves on the end of them and they're like making up secret handshakes from like six feet apart and they're both wearing masks and they're like look we never have to touch okay Isn't this amazing yeah and then rosa comes in she's like yeah i'm quitting i i think police the police department's a joke kind of thing <laughs> and then wow. it's all like super serious from there like so she becomes a private investigator and it kind of goes from there that's kind of cool and it yeah it's a it's a great storyline great storyline for it and they actually do a, a cool thing where what was the head surgeon who was really mean from uh, Scrubs? I don't
0: know his name. He's kind of like a character <laughs> actor. <laughs> but, I don't I never watched Scrubs. I really tried to get into Scrubs, but uh, you're not batting a thousand for character names so far in the book. Well,
1: poll. he's not you wouldn't even need to know his character name. No exactly a, who you he's mean. He's a brand new person. But yeah. that
0: actor plays um
1: the uh, union uh, president. Okay. The police union president. And he's essentially like a bad, like shady dude. All right. Like he's trying to um, make it seem like no police officer has ever done anything wrong. Right. And so there are people within the the station that are kind of trying to rise up against that. And he's been a consistent character in like a bunch of episodes. So that's actually been really
0: good and funny. I don't know. I kind of feel both ways about it. Because on the one hand, there's just a general sense about what police are. And I think that we as a society need to reevaluate that for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the most diplomatically I can, I can, I can essentially straddle the fence whilst trying to say something. Um, But at the same time, it is just the eighth and final season of a comedy show that actually is not about being in, you know, the police force at all. It's about goofy people who work together.
1: Well, that's the thing At, at a certain point. It's like, are you doing this for your, the fans of the show Right, or be- for your own conscience. Right, because I, I <laughs> understand that yeah, you want to get that, that messaging out there. Um and it it is good to make a point, especially, you know, when when you think that you can influence people, but I think that might be part of the 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 influence doesn't necessarily need to need to be in that
0: way on a comedy show? I don't know. No, but then does it belong on a drama show? Like, should some cop drama be responsible for saying uh, "Blue Lives Matter" is a stupid movement? Because no, right. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. Like, it sounds—it almost sounds a little too curt to to say that it shouldn't be on the show. So I don't—I don't think that. I just think there's a tasteful way of bringing it all together. And honestly, since the first episode, they've done a
0: really good job of it. And also, if you change what you are tonally as a show, just in service of this message. Are you virtue signaling? On the other hand, a lost art in the television sitcom is the very special episode. We don't do those anymore. Touche. And they're kind of they're kind of important. They're things you remember. Touche. And and to, and to be fair, Brooklyn Nine Nine has
1: had a few of those. Yep. Where it's been like, oh, moment of real seriousness, like someone struggling with their sexuality or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of. So yeah, I guess in that way, it it it's not. It's not completely uh, a shift tonally. Like it, it can get, a, get away with doing
0: that. Right. I just think they had a lot to take on in that first episode. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, good for them for trying. It, I've meant to bring this up for many podcasts in a row. Um, I finished uh, the second season of Succession, so I'm caught up on, on oh, Succession. Great. I don't know how well you remember the way that season ended. But like, I'm so psyched that I don't have to wait as long as everybody else to see what happens next. Yeah. And, and just like in general, I, I ate it up.
1: Well, isn't the way that,
0: yeah, it gets a lot better. Right? Mm-hmm. So isn't the way that
1: Kendall, isn't the way that it ends, Kendall essentially does go against his dad and yeah. his dad kind
0: of like laughs. Like he's, he's like, he's, he did it. Exactly. Like he's like, he going spends against me. the whole second season trying to make up for this other time where he betrayed his dad. Because his yeah. dad's going to look out for him after the accident at right. the night of the wedding, which was friggin' crazy season finale yeah. the first year. Um, and so he spends the whole second season kind of like his dad's lap dog. And is that where he's like rapping on stage or is that in the first season? That's towards the end of the second season. <laughs> That's that so good. Totally caught me off guard. So and you know what? Part of me was like, this is embarrassing. And another part is like, this is not the worst thing I've ever heard. It's no. kind of good. yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, they did a good job of yeah. like
1: not making it so ridiculous. I
0: figure Jeremy Strong must do that. Like he, it must be like his fun hobby. You could see that, couldn't you? I kind of could because yeah. he's a weirdo. Um, but I totally love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in the end, he he does go against his father. So that's really interesting. The whole season two finale, I, I for some reason I had this idea to watch it as if it were just a standalone film. And if, if it, nothing came before it and nothing were to come after it, it's this like... 80-minute bottle movie that entirely takes place on the family yacht. Mm-hmm. And there's all of this panic over who Logan is going to choose to fire yeah. to essentially put all of the, use as the scapegoat in their big legal woes. Mm-hmm. And everybody's worried that it might be them. And it's just a really good character drama. And no one's really enjoying themselves because they're all like super no. stressed, right? No one's and, enjoying and themselves. I
1: think it's funny that it's like the most picture ask place in the world
0: and you're like, oh yeah, so this is what like rich people problems are. None of them yeah. are liking this. It's they're all... total wealth porn. Yeah. But like at the same time, they're all, and I guess that's kind of the point of the show is that like these people are so miserable for all the money that you wish you had. Right. Um But there's not a weak link on the show. Yeah. Everybody's good on the show. And I kind of didn't connect with Roman at first, Kieran Culkin, just because deep. he's so much. And then it goes deep. He has some issues, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah great it's really good and i haven't watched anything this week because my brother got married yes how was the wedding awesome nice i mean you remember saturday could we have had a more perfect day that's true it was great speech went okay yeah it was excellent i mean as always is the case with these things i spend the 90 minutes leading up to it Mm -hmm. like in just kind of like a state of physical disarray and I, i don't have an appetite and i'm I'm like kind of tense and then it happens and I feel lighter than air and everybody's really sweet about it.
1: Yeah. At Colin's wedding, I was literally like standing, standing at the wedding, saying the words in my head, driving in the cab to the, the, the reception saying the words in my head, like over and over. I was not, I was not having a drink until
0: after that. I had a couple glasses of wine ahead of mine just to relax me. Although I don't know if that helped. It might've, it it might've. And it, What's usually my experience is all the nerves are before it. Mm -hmm. And once you're up there, it's actually fine. Or at least you're too focused on doing the thing to realize that you're nervous. I think it's because you're so
1: prepared because there are ways of uh, being stressed about a situation, but being underprepared for it and then having that. Smash in your face. I'm
0: only prepared because the last place I ever want to put myself is suspended in my own silence. Right. Not knowing where to go. Yeah. That to me is hell on earth. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it was the opposite of hell on earth. It was the opposite of hell on earth. Now my brother's a newlywed. It was perfect. It was a great day. There was, without getting into the specifics, they, about two weeks before their wedding, had like a a bit of a venue change. Mm -hmm. Like their venue kind of fell through and they had to do some last minute scrambling. And we were able to host it at this awesome restaurant, downtown Halifax. And then there was like a little house party in my parents' backyard late into the evening. And uh, Ross and Leslie ordered uh, 40 double hamburgers from McDonald's and six pizzas. Mm -hmm. And it was just like... It's a blowout. It was excellent. Late night at your parents' place? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fun times.
0: Very cool. It was sweet. Love it. Yeah. Good times. So that's kind of been the focus. And we got to go to PEI this weekend for another wedding. Oh. Yeah. PEI. I find PEI fun for weddings. Well, sure. It is. It's not going to be awesome out, though. It's going to be like 13 degrees, mix of sun oh. and cloud yeah is and that be- what it's supposed to be like here too yeah it is yeah yikes uh and becky's standing in this other wedding too so oh. and she's making the cake so like poor becky oh, is wow. just like she's got nothing left right
1: yeah yeah that's a big uh that's a big weekend for you guys yeah. the travel the cold weather it's too bad that's not gonna be nice yeah kind of yeah we at 13 degrees yeah i'm supposed to do like cottages and stuff too and we're doing tim baker at at uh light ship on
0: sunday is this a Tim Baker show you told me about a long time ago, or are you seeing him like again, again?
1: No, this is probably a new one. Okay,
0: maybe I told you about it a long time ago. Yeah, maybe. I haven't seen it. I
1: Haven't seen him for like three, two years.
0: Have you so. ever met him? Have you ever like had the chance to to tell him that he was all over your your wedding playlist? I have, and I did, and I think I told him that
1: I he, he like that dance was going to be our first dance song. Yeah, and I think he reacted a little like. Oh, yeah, I've heard of people doing that. Like, like no. it's not really what he intended the song to be for. And that's I get that. Up, it's not up to him, though. No, I know. I know. But it must be kind of jarring when you do create something that's like, sure. it means something totally different in your head. And then someone's like, oh, that's the
0: song that I want to. Isn't that flattering, though, if somebody has interpreted an entirely different and still beautiful uh, meaning from your art that I, it was like that universal? Yeah, I hope so. I I mean, I was I was probably
1: um, I, I I didn't really care, but it was funny. I was kind of just like, huh? I wonder if he's like, oh, that's that's a, that's a
0: it's a different move. Well, your recessional song was Welcome by Hey Rosetta, which is that's about true. a baby being born.
1: Well, and I think that that's kind of symbolic.
0: Well, it is. I don't know if you remember, but we had to ax some of that song because most of it's celebratory and there's like a little bridge that's mega depressing. Yes. We had to cut that part out. Right. Yeah, yeah. you
1: did that for it. And then yeah. I feel like our music guy kind of botched it a little bit. Oh, because really? Because when we were walking down the aisle, it uh, all we asked this guy to do was hit play. <laughs> and we, I think we were like, Okay, we're going back down the aisle, like married couple walking down the aisle. Yeah. And it was probably like halfway up the aisle when it was just like... (laughs) like I was like,
0: was that late? I feel like it was... Anyways, whatever. I don't care. I don't remember it not working. I think it worked fine. I was the press play guy uh, at Ross's wedding. Yeah. Which required... As it turns out, like like six or eight hours of, of work leading up to it. Yeah. Because I created a five and a half hour playlist of a hundred gotcha. songs carefully curated. Whoa. Like with his input. Yeah. And then I crossfaded them all so that there would oh be God. so there would be no lulls. Yeah. Um and so we played it at the restaurant and then we played it again uh at the house. And you really couldn't hear it at all. Like You couldn't tell the You could hear the first the eighteen seconds of This Will Be an Everlasting Love. And then like Maybe a little get lucky because there was a lull in the crowd or something. But for the most part, it was just like a very like uh, atmospheric that you'd really have to pay attention to hear any of my hard work. That was one thing that I didn't notice at all because we just put a
1: playlist together like Colin did it. And I remember like we were going through it. Colin Colin was like, should I surprise you with it? And I was like, nope. This is your wedding? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "No, no, we're going through this and he was like okay well like are you sure you wanna like I, I figured we'd go like older into new and I was like no we gotta splice like a really new song in there within like the first three or four songs Yes, and then kind of like keep the vibe you're absolutely going. right that's a DJ move by the way yeah to play like the current song
0: fourth yes
1: yeah yeah get set the vibe and then and Colin was like dude I think that was the best playlist ever He yeah. was like like the combination of what we put together and then i was really i really paid attention to like the formatting of it i was like Mm -hmm. when the dance is like about to be over i want these songs to be planned like i want people to be like fucking freaking out
0: i did uh i i classified all hundred tracks yeah uh with like a like a tempo marker no way so that it flowed for tempo i also uh was conscious of the eras so that we weren't like getting a little bit too pockety right. and old and new love it. And it was really nice when you were dealing with, with newer songs because there's a lot more cold start, cold start, cold stops. And it's yeah. like really easy to crossfade those. Yeah. But some of like the, the long tails on old friggin' songs is a pain in the butt. Yeah.
1: Can yeah. I, yeah. Songs that just kind of like repeat over and over and over again and yeah. fade out. Can I ask you to send that to me? Yeah. I, I just I kind of want it for like inspiration. Totally. We obviously wouldn't use the same playlist, but um, you can have it. That's fine. Okay, <laughs> it's cool. It's a hundred songs. Nice.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure because I do
1: trust your musical inclinations, and I think it could fill some gaps that we. The thing might
0: is, have. it's not it's not like a super cool list. It's kind of like it's kind of like your uncle's list, right? Like we are family might be on there at one point. I think it is. Nice. Okay. I think it is. Okay,
1: cool. I respect that.
0: Yeah. It's not going to upset anybody. No. Is is my point. Nice. Um, That's, uh, yeah, that's it for for what I've watched. But uh, (laughs) um, not surprisingly, Mm -hmm. the Jeopardy drama continues. Mm. Oh, before we get into Jeopardy drama, there was some other stuff that I watched. Okay. Uh, pig being one of them. Oh, you did? I watched it. Okay, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this. I didn't think that it was available yet. I rented it
1: okay. uh, through Bell for like seven bucks. And it was really, really
0: good. Okay. Disturbing? No, not in the least. Oh. I was not disturbed. It was like. He has a, a pet pig, right? He's like a lonely guy with a pet pig. It's. Maybe you shouldn't tell me. I don't think I want to tell you. Maybe I should know as little as possible. That was how
1: I went into yeah. it. Yeah. I really didn't know anything about it. Um, and I started thinking like, okay, it's going to go in this direction. And and I'm someone who, if it, if it was going to be extremely depress- like I, I didn't find it like extremely depressing kind of thing. Um, but it, it led me in a direction that I didn't think
0: it was going to go in. And okay. I really appreciated that about it. I was- Are we entering the Nick Cage renaissance? Because I really didn't think that we were ever going to get that. Like I thought he was too far gone. Yeah, I mean
1: it. It could be like, to be fair, like he didn't really. He didn't really shock me nope. in, in how although he there was a few moments where he was like very riveting, mm-hmm. as an actor, but he was more kind of playing like a straight like. Uh, uh, m- angry man who lives in a
0: cabin and doesn't give a shit what people think is he really nick cagey in it like does he yell like nick cage
1: no uh not that much okay he does yell but it's not
0: like he plays it really well and next year we have the unbearable weight of massive talent or whatever the name of the movie is where he plays himself and i'm guessing that's like a satire about fame whether or not it's a goofy comedy or if it's like actually saying something i don't know yeah but he's going to be present for it again yeah not sure if that'll be good I'm not sure it won't be it seems like an interesting challenge yeah yeah it could be yeah actually we have a uh, while we're on the subject we were talking recently about uh, about uh, actors playing themselves and things I got a couple of Jade explains the things right now and I um, I guess I'm not they sure they've been piling up they've been piling up a little bit so I'm not sure if this is going to be the one I'm, I'm trying to play but I'll just play a bunch of them and we'll see what we what we come up with
1: explain away Jade take the floor Thank you.
2: Well, I'm very sad to tell you that the reason that I am making this Jade Explains a Thing is because I think I know what a booth slut is. I realize I'm an episode late on this, but this is what Jeopardy guy, Mike Richards, apparently said about some of his female co-workers or female guests on the show that he used to work on. Anyway, the only context in which I've heard a similar term is when they call you like a booth babe at when you work at like a trade show. So it's when you go to these like industry trade shows and they hire like actors and models to work at the booth for a product so you could be like at the Ford booth or like a certain like food product or whatever. Anyway, traditionally they're like hot girls who like memorize five facts about your product and like make people feel comfortable. But I guess sort of like the pejorative connotation would be like you're not pretty enough to be like a real model and you're not like talented enough to be a real actor. So like you do this thing. Anyway, I obviously don't think any of that's true. I have done this job, but the world is a patriarchal hell pit. Anyway, Jade explains a booth slut.
0: Okay, so that's not actors uh, playing actors. That's it's, not that. Jade explains a booth slut, which, by the way, I, I incredibly thorough description of, of what it sounds like he was uh, calling Price's Right models. This Mike Richards, and we'll get to that. But and you automatically went back in your head to how we both worked trade shows before. I've worked trade shows. I've worked in booths. Yeah, in many different capacities. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for that very thorough description. I mean, as I suspected. It's a heinous thing to call someone. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And you you know that when you actually do those
1: things, to be described pejoratively would be the absolute worst
0: thing, especially when you're just trying to make some money. It already feels kind of demeaning to have to stump for anything. even right. Even if you believe in it, like right. you're there as an asset. Someone and that goes, oh, already you're one of feels- the booth babes? Exactly. Yeah booth babes like that's like a softer version of essentially the same insult just this like demeaning thing to say now yeah no i guess it works for prices right models too Mm -hmm. i mean like i'm not, not that i should be like justifying that mike richards said these heinous things but as long as we're on the subject he's now completely been fired from jeopardy entirely he lost the hosting job for obvious reasons we've discussed those ad nauseum you're done and they decided, well, this is obviously not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, two days before Sony announced that he's gone completely, they announced that he was taking sensitivity training. And so there could be a missing chapter in here where at the sensitivity training, he was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't know for sure. He he called the sensitivity trainer a booth slut.
1: That was was strike three.
0: Come on. (laughs) Fool me once, Mike Richards. So he's gone. And I think it might be one of the all-time great self-owns because this guy could have had a very cushy executive job. He's young. He could have been working in a very nice high paying job behind Mm -hmm. the scenes for decades Mm -hmm. at television properties that are not going away, both Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. But he had to stick his head up. Mm -hmm. He needed the spotlight and suddenly he became very famous, very fast for all the bad stuff he's done and meanwhile in a take that (laughs) could easily be uh
1: could age very poorly if something gets uncovered but you got a guy like jeff probst and he's actually done rock and roll jeopardy Yep. which we should try to get a box out of and just sit down and and
0: compete there are very few rock and roll jeopardy videos on youtube it's strange you would think someone would have it yeah Yeah,
1: maybe they only did like a couple seasons. There was apparently an era where there was like sports Jeopardy and rock and roll Jeopardy and Mm -hmm. like all these branches of Jeopardy happening at the same time. Like they really thought it was going to take off. Um, And like it was like ESPN hosts, like Dan Patrick was hosting Sports Jeopardy. And
0: I mean, this is the first time you've ever talked about Jeff Probst being a like an eligible uh, heir to the Jeopardy franchise. and, And it just struck me like he would be incredible. Incredible, and if he wants a survivor out, you know, like, and I don't know that he does, but they're gonna come out with season forty-one pretty soon. He's not getting any younger. He's still like an adventurer, but you'd think at some point he'd want to stop going to Panama twice a year. Mm. Yeah, maybe he loves it. Maybe he like cannot. Well, look, I can tell you for sure he loves it. Yeah, because there's no way he'd be that good at that job if he didn't love it. And and there's also there's it's a it's more.
1: He would have way more fun doing it honestly like you're you're playing off different people yeah in survivor you know that it's a finite amount of time it's not going to be like you against three people Every you can't really play
0: up the drama as much between the three people well i mean he could this is the implicit issue with the host of jeopardy whoever they may be mm-hmm. ultimately being So scrutinized right now is that the greatest thing that Alex ever did over 40 years was make the show, the star, make the contestants, the star, right. And you loved him for that. And gradually. Yeah. And Jeff probes did that too. Over 41 seasons It took a long time before he started talking (laughs) with his 41 season. Sounds so insane. Isn't that dumb? (laughs) Uh, And I love survivor, but it's dumb how many seasons there are. Um, It took a long time for Jeff's Southern accent to come out or for him to start being like chirpy with the contestants. And it's good now because he earned it. But he believed that the show was the star, and that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And weirdly, I feel like
1: early on, like this was at an era where uh, Joe Rogan on Fear Factor
0: was kind of equally good. Oh, natural segue. Do we go there? Oh, yes. I think we do. Okay. So, So Rogan has COVID. Rogan
1: has COVID. And I didn't realize that. I knew early on he was like, yeah, I'll take the... I'll take the vaccine if they if they make a vaccine. He like, obviously oh. didn't. And he didn't. No. And I don't know if that's been like a thing on his show where he's been like, I'm not going to take the vaccine. But now he's like, taken it.
0: ivermectin or whatever right. it's called. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah,
1: he said he was like on a drip. Like he like went crazy with all the things he put in his I body. I mean,
0: I'm not the first person to make this correlation, but it bears repeating yeah. that the the people who criticize vaccine takers mm-hmm. by calling them sheep are literally taking a drug they use to deworm sheep. Right. And the irony there can't be overstated. Right. Yeah. And now Rogan is one of those people. Who, by the way, uh, is is a self-professed idiot. Yeah. The problem is... It's self-professed. Even it's when true. he says, I'm an idiot, the problem with that is Joe Rogan is what other idiots think a smart person sounds like, and right. he's very powerful. And so I don't care if he takes ivermectin. I care if... A hundred million podcast listeners take it, too, because he did. Mm, the, and this, uh, it kind of
1: ties in neatly with the Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing, doesn't it? Because even though... it's <laughs> so unfair
0: to Jake Peralta. Things,
1: it's true. <laughs> even though things shouldn't necessarily have influence, they do. Yeah. And I think you need to realize that. And, and so... Me kind of pumping the brakes on Brooklyn Nine Nine and saying, yeah, they're actually it does make sense that they're doing that because no matter
0: who you're following is, you can still influence them in positive ways. Oh, the Joe Rogan experience is the Tonight Show in 2021. Yeah, like, kind of is like like he has the influence that like Walter Cronkite had. It's I'm not saying it's right, mm-hmm. but like that's that is the most consumed piece of of content mm-hmm.
1: and. I I will say I ha- I haven't listened to an episode in probably like half a year. Like everyone, it's much while, easier I'll... now
0: that he's on Spotify, and I don't check.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. right. It's not like I I don't see it come up in the charts, right. On Apple, so I, it doesn't strike me to check it out. Um, and all all the COVID stuff has has definitely turned me off to it. But when I have listened and I've heard some of the COVID stuff, it's not necessarily. He's not saying. He's always backing himself up, like. Well, There's always like an out where he's like, but I don't know what I'm talking about, like, and and I don't like other people. It's it is serious, like, of course it's serious. You got, and so I'm like, there are two sides, and I feel like each side doesn't really listen to the other, and they take the extremes of yeah. each as as.
0: But the as but typical. my issue with that is that factuality does not have two sides, and That's and he, he he like straddles the fence, and he like plays the diplomat as if both fact and fiction are deserving of equal audience right and so under the guise of like being a a rational level-headed everyday blue-collar hundred millionaire american right right i don't think there's any argument that joe rogan you know as long as the the topics of conversation were the right ones would be an okay person to have a beer with but he's irresponsible with his influence yeah 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 i think so too but i i
1: I think you're right. It's it would be so weird to identify your influence at the same time to be yeah. like I know that I've got such a huge platform where all these people but he you you're, you're he right can, ultimately he, can he does can literally
0: quantify it to the person. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's a lot true. easier than like Martin Luther King could by looking at the masses. Right. Yeah, it's a good point.
1: We'll see what uh, I mean your
0: thoughts on Joe Rogan? Do you hate Joe Rogan? No, I just said that like I could have a conversation with him. I don't hate Joe Rogan. I just I, I think principally I I don't want to listen to his show anymore. Mm-hmm. It's much easier now that he's on Spotify because I don't like keep up with what's updating on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be uh like seduced into the idea that he has Bill Burr on and that's appealing right. to me. It's just better if I don't if I don't connect at all. Who else would you define as someone
1: that you principally would not listen to? Consume the content of? Yeah. Like Woody Allen? Sure. So so Joe Rogan's up there with you're putting him in the, the, the don't listen to pile the same as you would Woody Allen.
0: Kind of. Wow. Yeah. Especially if a hundred million people take Ivermectin. <laughs> right. Is it is it super dangerous? It's a horse dewormer. It's not advi- you you're advised not to take it by the World Health Organization. It is just another... I mean, Maine entails a, 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 <laughs> fine, a fine shampoo, from what I've heard. It's just another uh, construct right. meant to offset enthusiasm about the approved COVID vaccine by the far right. And that's obviously dangerous. It's been weaponized. People's, um, people's gullibility is weaponized for political gain. We've seen that for years. Mm-hmm. I actually heard of someone who actually drinks diluted bleach.
1: Why? Like a couple weeks ago. Like very diluted bleach, apparently. To build
0: up his immunity. Yeah. Like, to like, like in cl- the princess, to like Bride?
1: clean himself out of, uh, <laughs> clean himself out of, of like COVID. Right. Like that's yeah. supposed to be like an antibody. To
0: get all the ketchup stains and the coffee rings off Th- of his that's intestines. That's right. That's what, yeah. that's what happens when you drink bleach. <laughs> <laughs> that's so freaking stupid. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
1: It's actually serious, it too. This was like through a, like a friend of a friend was saying this.
0: So as long as we're talking about, uh, about podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, this might be a little, a little clumsy because it's, um, It's a bit of a mouthful, but apropos of a conversation we had recently about like Conan O'Brien, not really understanding what he's done to the podcast medium by, by so commercializing it. He's really just a symbol of what I think is kind of a problem, not the problem itself. So I've written a long poem about, (laughs) about what I think the issue is. I'm going to try my best not to screw it up too much. Uh, It's called the podcast. I've come to be baffled and floored by a contrast. So many big stars became bored. And made podcasts i admit some are good for a laugh with their podcasts like donald Faison and zach braff on their podcast bateman arnett and hayes have a podcast conan o'brien and topher grace both have podcasts the oscar winner brie larson has a podcast if alive i bet johnny carson would have a podcast there's a bunch of tv show rewatches as podcasts former stars of the american office have a podcast separately also rain wilson has a podcast i think Recently, too, Rachel Bilson got a podcast. Together, Joel McHale and Ken Jong have a podcast. Alec Baldwin, Rob Lowe, and Justin Long all have podcasts. The Dirty Jobs fella Mike Rowe has a podcast. For a while there, Hit Record Joe had a podcast. (laughs) Sarah Silverman and Paris Hilton have podcasts. If you're famous, it's practically built in to have podcasts. Dax Shepard is popular, certainly, on his podcast. A while ago, even Ron Burgundy had a podcast. Co-hosts of NBC's Today have a podcast. Russell Brand and Lena Dunham make you pay for their podcasts. Anna Ferris hears other people's drama on her podcast. For God's sake, both the Obamas have a podcast. All the late night show people named Jimmy have podcasts. Both Springsteen and Oprah Winfrey have podcasts. Busy Phillips, Elon Musk, and A-Rod all have podcasts. It won't be long now before God has a podcast. <laughs> all these powerful stars and millionaires got a podcast. They make it so the medium is theirs and we cannot last. If you want to hear a show not by a dude from Comcast, then maybe you'll listen to my little podcast. (laughs) I love it. I think I I got all the big ones that piss me off, some of which I listen to and enjoy, but I think are problematic for principal reasons. I think that would be the Bob Dylan song of 2021. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you're the Bob Dylan of 2021. (laughs) I think that's a commentary on 2021 more so than on my poetic skills.
1: No, I don't know about that.
0: All right, we got another uh
1: and and speaking of that, yeah. apparently Rob Lowe and Alan Yang now have a Parks I, and Rec podcast.
0: I know, it's just unnecessary. Yeah. Does Rob Lowe need like the money and the attention that much? I got I got sent that today and I was like I it's be, it's getting to be too much. Way too much. Yeah. I also think the Rewatch podcast is dead. Mm. I think we're past it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's, it was very fatty. I, I wonder if
0: like 10 years from now what the podcast landscape will look well, like. Well, what I really enjoy is like some nobodies like you and I doing mm-hmm. a rewatch podcast, like these two people who are not otherwise famous, right. Who did a rewatch podcast of Dawson's Creek mm-hmm. that I could listen along to while I watched the show for the first time. And it's yeah. like, I'm making new friends who are also Dawson's Creek heads. That feels intimate yeah, and raw, mm-hmm. but like just listening to, I don't know, Joshua Molina, who was in seasons four through seven of the West wing remember stuff that happened not on camera in the west wing right episode after episode after episode it's not interesting to me it's not no it's not for sure and
1: the uh what was i going to mention there um i
0: lost it go ahead okay we got a new jade explains the thing okay just constant content
2: Jade explains a thing. So I'm going to try to address the question, what was Brooke Shields' show? Um, she sort of had, like, two longer-running lead roles on television shows. One was on a show called Suddenly Susan in the late 90s, and then in the late 2000s, she was on a shorter-lived show called Lipstick Jungle. But I feel like the title you were probably searching for was The Blue Lagoon, which was sort of her, like, really famous, very controversial movie that made her famous when she was a teenager. Um, You wanted a background on the name Jade. Uh, the Jade Stone has had special significance to various cultures going back thousands of years, but it sort of rises to popularity as a baby girl name after the first North American pop culture Jade, which is Jade Jagger. You are right. Um, and my mom and dad would be the first to admit that that's where they heard it for the first time. You asked for my feelings on Charlie Watts? I don't really have any other than Rolling Stone's hot take are good. And finally, if we're talking about actors playing fictionalized versions of themselves, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention Matt LeBlanc on episodes or Bill Murray in Zombieland. And perhaps most notably, Jade Duris O'Hara on The Show Show with Sweetson and Slaney who plays a version of herself who is very picky and Constantly corrects her friends.
0: And she plays the
1: character so well. That's true. The character Jade has come such a long (laughs) way. Like in the first season, I wasn't sure what Jade was going. But like her character has been substantial.
0: Real fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Really came from. uh, I think it was when she started explaining about her name when I truly fell in
0: love with. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: just joking. I was right about the Mick Jagger thing, though. You totally nailed it. Yes, yep. yes, I did. I I almost found it almost a little uh, counter to, and she kind of acknowledged it. I was almost expecting a like, and here's why I don't like the Rolling Stones. Oh, but no, she's, she's you. Kind of... You wanted like a real hot take about the Rolling Stones. I almost just kind of thought that Jade would be like, you know what, Rolling Stones. Like, I mean, she did call Justin Timberlake a piece of shit like I feel she like it actively she, said
0: those words. If yes. she
1: if she's thought that about Justin Timberlake, she'd have a lot more to say about the Rolling Stones. But I mean, you know, on on
0: their face, oh. you kind of just like accept it. You mean ethically? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, that's fine, but if you start to pick apart the ethics of 70s rock stars, you have nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, it all goes <laughs> away.
1: You know, um I'm pretty sure Eric Clapton's like writing Protest songs. I actually heard that as a break on the radio station you work at. Yeah. But it, it was not acknowledged that it was. It was like, and actually, he just released a new protest song.
0: Yeah, he's like protesting the vaccine and stuff.
1: <laughs> and I finished that sentence. I was like, he's
0: protesting the vaccine. I feel like that
1: person maybe didn't read the article. <laughs> Possibly. Or they just wanted a very quick
0: break <laughs> to fill some time. Oh my goodness. I know. It's such a bummer. I, I feel the same way about um Uh, van morrison van morrison thank you yes van morrison is the other one these people who like obviously have good shit and they they just let you down when they open their mouths it's all reasons other than music they were playing some of it on time crisis mainly as a laugh but some of it
1: they were like this kind of like rips in a funny way yeah
0: like it, it like like some of the lines in it are hilarious i heard a joke that um it was something to the effect of, uh, I'm sure Eric Clapton would take the vaccine if it was married to George Harrison. Nice. <laughs> I I love that that's...
1: Man, and George Harrison was the best guy. Yeah. Because he was kind of like, and that was the end of that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you've Jeez. ever... Wow, I, he took it so well. I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary on him. It's called like... Uh, I forget what it's called. But he's like, you know, you can't fixate on these things. <laughs> and... So I, I just kind of kept moving on. and oh, I was, He he was almost to the point where he was like, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I didn't want to lose the
0: friendship on either side.
2: Oh my <laughs> I think God. Like it was like an adorable thing so to say. sweet like, and wow. sad.
0: Man, George Harrison definitely would have taken the COVID vaccine. I think so. Definitely. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know about John, but <laughs> John George. John might have rebelled. Yeah, probably just a little bit. I
1: wonder where Ringo and uh, Paul are on it. I'd say they probably took it.
0: Paul's a pretty smart guy, health wise. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a he's a dummy. No, no.
1: Where do, where do you think Neil's at with it?
0: Neil? Yeah. Who's Neil? Neil Young? Yeah, the 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 one Neil singer. That would be. <laughs> I, just, I don't didn't I not know, know we were on a first name basis with Neil Young. <laughs> How do you think Neil thinks? I think he's also pretty rational
1: and level headed. I think he's hip to it. He's yeah. pretty he's pretty left wing. Yeah. Not that it should be
0: politicized at all. And he's Canadian. And he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a factor. I don't know. Ed Asner died. Ed Asner did die. Mm-hmm. People really
1: liked Ed Asner. I I remember there being a Daily Show thing about as Ed Asner. He's a legend,
0: like like a, a certifiable TV legend, in a class of very few. Yeah. What was like his biggest? Married Mary Tyler Moore. Right. Okay. And so so like and interestingly, three main cast members from Mary Tyler Moore have died in 2021. Ed Asner and Gavin McLeod and Cloris Leachman. And it wasn't that long ago that Mary died. Yeah. And so the only... Type 1 diabetic. That's true. The only person left from that show is Betty White who turns 100 in January. Yeah. God love her. God love her. Yeah. 100 year old. I bet you could still probably hold up a conversation too. It'd be a little weird. I hope so. Our generation... Our generation's Ed Asner is two things. It's Santa from Elf Mm -hmm. and it's Carl from Up. But... Very big career Before that Yeah He was in a spinoff Of Mary Tyler Moore There was like A bunch of spinoffs Basically every character On on Mary got a spinoff And his was a very Interesting pivot Because he played Like the station manager Her boss Lou Grant Who's like Kind of like a Ron Swanson He's like a grumpy boss Right Um, Grumpy lovable boss And the show was A a multi-cam sitcom And Lou Grant The spinoff Was a hard drama (laughs) What? A single camera drama Where he plays The same guy Oh, that's incredible. It's weird, but yeah, did they did. did it go well? I think. Lou Grant was just a show people watched. Yeah.
1: Not like they watched
0: Mary. No. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. What an idea. Mm -hmm. Imagine if they spun off Swanson. (laughs) It was just a hard drama. it was just a hard drama. Lives in a cabin. He's like, I'm not very very happy about what I'm doing right now, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I no longer identify as a libertarian. I eat. I make Ilk. things,
1: and that's
0: about it. I think what you're describing is the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> I take ice baths. Kevin can f himself renewed for season two. Okay, good job, Annie. Uh, <laughs> big Shot renewed for season two. I wrote on my my sheet big shit by <laughs> Big Shot, the 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 basketball uh, Disney Plus John Stamos show that we didn't oh, like. Oh no, season two. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Cobra Kai renewed for season five ahead of season four premiering. Yeah. People are liking Cobra Kai. I mean, I don't think Cobra Kai is great. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Satire. I, I think the, some of the characters are good. Some of them are bad, but if people like it, that's fine with me. I just am a little concerned with this renewal that this show already kind of stinks of being around too long. Oversaying as well. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. You watched all of it very recently, right? I don't think I finished season three. I watched a lot of it and I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Okay. And the kid who plays Johnny's son Mm -hmm. is a bad actor and his character is too self serious. Mm -hmm. And he's the star of He's All That, the She's All That remake currently on Netflix. You know what I watched last night was She's All That for the second time ever.
1: The first time I watched it, I was in grade three and I was being babysat.
0: She's all that's good. I heard I heard he's all that's not good.
1: Yeah, I'm not yeah, Jen thought it was so weird because Rachel Lee Cook was the mom who was a single mom. So she's playing herself. That. Kind of. Okay. I don't I don't know if she has the same... She might have the same name. I don't know if she it's just supposed to be not. An but... And then Matthew Lillard is the principal of the school. Okay. And there's like a choreographed dance scene, which is similar to She's All That. Right. And Matthew Lillard, I didn't realize this, it was like such a hard MTV production, I think. like yeah. It was like an MTV movie. It was a teen movie T- to the, like the vein of the most essential teen movies. Right. Uh, to the effect that like... Matthew Lillard was famous for having been on the real world. And Freddie Prince Jr. was dumped by his girlfriend for Matthew Lillard because he was on the real world. And he got like drunk at this party and was wearing like a silver like glittery suit and like air humping and stuff. Yeah. And Paul Walker is like the biggest villain in the world for no reason at all. Why are you?
0: Even Freddie Prince Jr. jacked. Yes. He looks like 40 years old. Even Freddie Prince Jr. is like not likable at all in in this movie. The thing that I it's got so, like, there's there's so this this like old premise of like uh, jockey guys being really mean to like cute girls who right. do art is so silly. Yeah, and Kieran Culkin in there. Yeah, he is. Um,
1: but the the funniest part to me was I didn't remember the the end bet. That's kind of how the whole movie ends. Yeah, because the whole thing was like. So she asks at the end when they're slow dancing in the backyard and like, he like got the girl or whatever. Hey, what was the bet? And he was like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'm going to pay my bet. I always pay my bet kind of thing, which is a weird thing because the whole bet was like that he could date her. Yeah. And like kind of like a, a bad bet that like set off a string of kind of bad events that I guess kind of turned out. But So anyways, so he's paying his his debt to Paul Walker for whatever reason, who's like a vile human. Yeah. Because he says like, well, I always do it. Anyway, so it's like scrolling through the like line of people that are getting called up for graduation. Mm -hmm. And then it like pans over. It's like like a five person pan and finally gets to Freddie Prince Jr. And his name's called. And he's clearly not wearing any gown at all. He's just got the scarf over him. Okay. And he's stands up and he's got a soccer ball over his junk and he like what? And so everyone's like clapping and stuff. And it shows Rachel Lee cook in the, like, stands watching and laughing,
0: and all of a sudden she gets tossed a soccer ball. and I'm like, So you're telling me He's holding the ball that was like touching his balls? Is that the idea? Yes, yeah, and,
1: and now is completely naked up on the stage. Ah, okay. So you're telling me that he, so when he went to walk up on stage, he like woo tossed it out the crowd. Cool everyone was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's like, no, sir, you're going to jail. You're sure. outside in a field,
0: like. Like in an auditorium, right, filled with people. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's extreme, but my high school had this tradition, which I am very sure does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was a student there, it was a really big deal. And it was we went to a school called PA, which mm-hmm. stood for the initials of a certain member of the royal family who we don't discuss anymore, Queen and, Elizabeth. That's right. And the there was a a pastiche of pageantry called Mister PA, right which invited like 8 to 12 uh, 17-year-old boys Mm -hmm. with a lot of confidence Mm -hmm. to do silly antics on stage and make people laugh for an evening, which in that description sounds harmless. And also, if the idea is to lampoon how dumb pageants are, it's also not so bad and, in fact, kind of evolved. Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, it was always just these guys who would not have been capable of that amount of irony. (laughs) 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 Or at least... Largely, it was guys who just wanted a lot of attention because, of, because they're the guys who would get away with streaking on, on this school auditorium I, I, stage. I, th- I think I actually saw the,
1: the Mr. P.A. that you might have graduated from.
0: Oh, yeah. The Stevers?
1: That one? Mm, uh, no, I think it was one year behind that. The year I graduated?
0: Eddie Spriggs was in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A guy named Ryan Hartigan won that year. Yes. He yeah. was actually really good. Yeah, he was terrific. Yeah. He was also our valedictorian. No way. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. guy's a triple threat. So well and and that's the thing, is like I'm not saying I don't mean to like disparage these guys. It's not about that. I just mean like certain dudes, and it is exclusive to dudes, especially in the nineties, and apparently up through two thousand nine when I graduated high school, of a certain confidence could get away with inappropriate behavior in high schools. Right. Although
1: there was nothing very lewd or or malicious about any of those acts as i recall although i might look back and say that was bad i don't know i mean i'm more
0: talking about freddie prince jr (laughs) right in 1999 the trope of uh guy makes a bet that he can get with a girl Mm -hmm. was really heavily leaned upon in the 90s wasn't it because that's that's she's all that it's Mm -hmm. 10 things i hate about you yeah it's can't buy me love it's love don't cost a thing (laughs) <laughs> it's I think some kind of Shakespeare, which maybe Jade can help us with. Uh huh. I don't know. Um, uh,
1: love, love don't cost a thing. And what was the other one? Can't buy me love. Pa- Can't buy me love.
0: Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I don't know that one at all. Yeah, that that's one's that one's different in that it's they make an agreement to pretend they're dating, right? To scratch each other's backs. Right. There's always these these movies about pretending that we're dating
1: yes to like get back at an ex or something. I'm pretty sure that's what um, wasn't that the the kissing booth or uh, to all the boys I've loved before. There was like an element of that. Really,
0: we're doing that then too. Yeah, you might be I think right. So
1: maybe it's an evergreen premise. I think it might be. People always seem to like it. I don't know. I, I, I actually, think it doesn't. I think it doesn't hold up. Actually, I, I actually kind of enjoyed um, watching she's all that for the nostalgia of it all. Oh like, sure, like all of the pagers Lil kim was in it <laughs> like usher was in it and was never seen yep. with another person at any time like he had all these like kind of like bottle scenes you where think he's... they put him in after i think they did yeah <laughs> yeah like it's literally like him from like the chest up at like the turntables being like all right now everybody do this dance just like we practiced buddy you gotta
0: watch clueless like yeah, I want you to. will love clueless I want to like, I think, I think if that it's you, anything like this, I think I have would. a hang up because it seems like it's a girly movie.
1: I don't even have a hang up. No? I just
0: like always forget about it. Yeah. Fair I would, right. I want like, it's, I always
1: leave this podcast going, oh, what was that movie that I was talking about watching? I want to watch like Idiocracy. That's one that's, that's yeah. on the list too. Yeah,
0: me too. That seems to come up a lot nowadays. Yeah.
1: And then there was another one that, that I'm always like, oh yeah, let's bookmark that clueless i'll watch
0: is that on netflix it's on one of the things i can see it somewhere we'll properly plan it and we'll do a podcast to talk about it because i've I've obviously hyped it up enough um dickinson the Haley steinfeld thing that's gonna end after season three that's not interesting it's been three seasons it's about to have its third and final season okay uh they're doing annie live that's the next tv musical that's like done in real time Mm -hmm. um jane krakowski and titus burgess yep reuniting Yep. To play to play Lily Saint Regis and Rooster uh, uh, Hannigan in in Annie Live, which is good casting actually. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Cool. So we got that's a good good docket.
1: <clears throat> yeah. All right. What's the first thing we're gonna gonna talk about on this list? Do you want to talk
0: about uh, only murders in the building? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't we get that out of the way? Okay. Do you mind if I recap that? I don't mind at all. It'll be quick and <clears throat> That means you have to recap Donda in 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> There's not, is that something that we're actually going to do? Sure, why not? All right. You can do that. Okay. Okay, I'm going to recap. This is uh, on, on Disney Plus Star. It stars uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez um, in a very interesting pairing. Uh, and I'm going to recap the first episode of Only Murders in the Building.
1: Only Murders in the Building in three Two, one, only murders in the building, go.
0: Our three principal actors are all kind of loners who live in the same uh, historic uh, apartment building in New York City. And the thing they have in common is that they're all obsessed with true crime, in particular, this one true crime podcast. And so it's very interesting when somebody who they all recognize from their building, like a fellow tenant, uh, turns up dead and is believed to have killed himself, they all have suspicions that no, in fact, there was something fishy at play. And so they unite as three new friends and they decide to investigate this potential murder and they start a podcast. They start a podcast, which is about their investigation. And it's called Only Murders in the Building under the premise that They shouldn't investigate other murders outside of the building. (laughs) A murder that happened across the street. Only murders in the building. I think the title sucks. I think that like it's I'll never remember it. I don't I don't think it's catchy. It is. It is tough. Yeah,
1: it is tough. But I I liked it once I understood the reason why. Sure. Especially because we have this thing of why do you think they called it like these dumb names that are so like, like, I don't know. I don't know if we can think
0: of any examples right now, but there are a lot of dumb names or just boring names, and it's not hard to understand why they called it that. But like, I guess we'll call it Yellowstone because the place is Yellowstone, right? Um, no, you're right. I can appreciate that they explained it to us. I don't think it's even like a bad symbol of what the show is. I just, mm. I just think I'm never going to remember it. It's not catchy. It doesn't have any kind of zip to it, right? Um, and yeah, you're right. It's one of those ones that's a little tougher, es- especially to when murder mysteries. They're, like there's already a format for how to make your title mm-hmm. you know murder on the orient express i remember when the fast and the furious came out i was
1: like do you want to see that like furiously fast movie like the fast and <laughs> like i don't know what it, this is like the longest title ever yeah and it's like looking back
0: now it's funny because it's not and i was pre-junior high. No, but it seems so catchy and so malleable now. Mm-hmm. It's like it it's burned onto your brain like it's a perfect brand.
1: It's now at a point <laughs> where that title is presenting other movie titles. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Okay, let's, uh, let's jump to the end and then go back because what I really want to get off my chest is that I loved this show. I thought it was a terrific surprise. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I knew you would. Oh, yeah? I was like this this
1: has Colin Sweets' written all over it
0: can you expound on that for me
1: okay i i think it was clever yep first of all which i think is is something it
0: could have been so much cheaper i think that's part of it totally i thought like maybe this won't be good totally and i don't want to like disparage these two comedy legends but sometimes they take the easy route in their in this later stage of their career i see what you're saying and there's an edge to this
1: there was a nuance to both of the characters where it showed it showed the depth for one, mm-hmm. and it showed the it just barely scratched at the surface yep. for Street Steve Martin. Yep, you're right. There's a lot of backstory already for Martin Short. Yeah, and it's you, sad. You know that. Yeah, you know that they're gonna <clears> go deep, um, and that whole kind of uh, analogy I thought was pretty artful to the oh, off-Broadway yeah. thing that he was he was mentioning and the way that they tied that in and the whole like bouncing back off of
0: not to give too much away. No, yeah, and I don't think it does. The idea is that he was really taken by this interpretive dance and the premise is it's just a man trying to climb up some stairs and he can't. Yeah, he, and, he kind of falls off in the stage show and he kind of hits a
1: trampoline and like gets right back on the stair and he's trying to get up the stairs but he keeps
0: falling off and he's so trying be- to get back on. It becomes a rather poignant symbol metaphor for all three of the characters who yeah. are kind of stuck within their loneliness yeah um yeah i i think i think in
1: short it was an artfully done funny yeah show that had a little more edge than i thought it was going to there's like lots of f-words in blood yeah and um <clears throat> It seemed like they were trying to get it picked up for Apple TV. Did you get that vibe by
0: the amount of Apple product placement there no, was in No, I didn't get that at they're, all. I, I just saw like MacBooks everywhere. I mean, it's um, not like they landed on some shitty truck instead of Apple TV. No, no, not at all. But it it's, they're kind of like
1: Disney Plus adjacent though, right? Like they're not like on the straight up Disney Plus, are they?
0: No, they're on, oh, why, they're on Hulu. That's why it's on Disney Plus Star. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
1: So why aren't people talking about this show? I don't know. I kind of thought it could have been splashier. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: they did a bad job maybe of the unveil. Yeah. Because it's a good show. Maybe it'll be like a couple more weeks though before people start to like buzzfeed about it or something. Yeah. I mean, they'll go on Jimmy Fallon. Like they're exactly the kind of people who go on Jimmy Fallon. And like they're bringing in a couple of different audiences here. It's it's smart.
1: I wonder how many people they talked uh, talked to about playing the role of of Selena Gomez, of Mabel, of Mabel.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that was a strategy. Did did the did the Martin twins <laughs> um did they create this with the idea that we should get someone young and cool to be our third? I I don't even know if St- if
1: um Martin Short was as involved in the actual production of it It seemed like Steve Martin was was more involved in like the kind of writing. I don't know if like who he might have seen as that like he might have been like and then whoever can can write like Disney can tell us who to put (laughs) in that third spot.
0: Well, I mean, it's a good get.
1: It is a good get. It's great. I mean, the character of Mabel.
0: It's fine. She's very she's not giving
1: a lot away in the first episode. No, not really. And I kind of like that
0: we'll get there i mean the Mm -hmm. idea is that she like lives alone and they're a little bewildered that this like young person can live in what's surely an enormous apartment in this historic building and at one point martin short says like we got our apartments 30 years ago when it was affordable how are you here and we find out that mabel is uh house sitting for her aunt Mm -hmm. and she's supposed to be like renovating the apartment and it's not going very well right um and so that's what she's doing there i found it a little odd that like Nobody knows who her aunt is if they lived there for thirty years. Like you'd have that building turned inside out. Yeah, I mean big buildings though. And Mabel's character. What I was going to say is that Selena Gomez is very likable. Although Mm. I don't really have any like prior experience with her as a person in pop culture. I don't know that much about her, considering how famous she is. Yeah, but she's like good in the show. I just think that so far the character has is a little cliche. Right. This like dark, like seemingly like cutesy, but also like very edgy loner Mm. girl who yeah. probably has a heart of gold because she was damaged. Right.
1: And and so the the murder in the building happens. They all kind of have to evacuate. They catch up, learn that each other likes the podcast, go back, are inherently intrigued by whatever m- apparent murder might have just happened in the building. Which, I mean, they're going to be right
0: about that. Yeah.
1: They, they go up. Uh, They see that it was a guy that they were on the elevator earlier with. And then the end of the show kind of reveals that the person that was shot was actually in this photo with oh, Selena yeah. Gomez. That's kind of the big reveal. So when
0: she was younger, she was part of like a little detective club. Yeah, that they that, called the
1: Hardy Boys. And he was
0: in it with her. So she has not let on to her new pals. No, that she knows, that knows that him. And by the way, he didn't let on in the elevator that he knew her either. No. He was on the phone. Yeah. And what we could glean from the phone call is that he certainly doesn't seem suicidal. Right. Um, and he was taking out the garbage, mm-hmm. and they used that as kind of a, a lead. Yeah. Um, and in their, in their garbage, they find like a bunch of seemingly suicidal notes, but that could have been planted. Right. Yeah, I totally forgot that he was part of the Hardy Boys, and that's the big twist at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it it leaves you kind of wanting to, wanting to figure out more. Why was Tina Fey in this for 30 seconds? I
1: don't know. I think it's just because... New York. Yeah. yeah. New York and those two guys. Like, it, it It seemed like a fit. She's just like in a cutaway for a sec. Yeah. I thought that she might actually be part of like a, a bigger thing. And maybe they will keep cutting to
0: her. Or maybe other people. Or maybe other people. Because if Steve Martin calls and says, can you do a 20-second cameo on my show? Mm-hmm. You'll go. Yeah. Yeah. And people really
1: seem to like Martin Short and like, uh, Yeah meet him and he's just a really funny person
0: i've heard other very famous very funny people say that there is simply nobody funnier in the world to talk to yeah than martin short right that it's like stunning he's he, just performing he the whole time shockingly funny all the time yeah when you talk to him yeah yeah um so i liked it totally give it my S. we we give this our S. it's very watchable i don't yeah. think it's like a masterpiece but i'm a, i'm prepared to like it even more so i hope i do i hope it doesn't let me down yeah i actually consider just
1: watching more yeah I, me
0: too but i didn't want to cloud my mm-hmm. my brain fair enough yeah all right you ready to recap donda <laughs> yes okay i don't know how you're gonna do this this is a first we've never we've never done an album review well it's funny because i we've been
1: talking about it for a couple of weeks and then i yeah. kind of jokingly said donda and you were like i would love to
0: review donda yeah on the show show yeah why not okay, okay. you can recap Kanye West's new twenty-seven track epic. Yeah, in three, two, one, go. Donda, 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 Donda,
1: Donda, Donda, Donda. Donda, 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 Donda. Okay, <laughs> I, I, actually, so this is this is his uh, I think seventh album. It went basically. Uh, uh, it started at college dropout went to yeah you're gonna gonna do the
0: discography in your 30 seconds yeah
1: (laughs) in any case this (laughs) is his new album
0: oh my god well there's you had there's
1: 23 seconds left you
0: wasted you didn't even try i did
1: a lot of okay put me on the clock again i'm actually gonna try to try to describe three two one go so this was a very uh anticipated album he pushed it off for weeks at a time he kind of buried himself in the mercedes-benz stadium uh it's off the heels of of a divorce with Kim Kardashian, also uh, kind of being hated for an entire uh, Trump support campaign. Um, and his last album was
0: completely religious. <laughs> yes. Um, so all of these things. Well, to say nothing of the fact that it's also a tribute to his mother who died. Yes. Um, I didn't
1: even get into the fact that, that Donda West died. He, like, cried on stage, like, I feel like that was 10 years
0: ago now. It was. It was 10 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the last night I saw you in my dreams? Remember yeah. that song? That was that was kind of sad. Horrifying. And I mean, like, I guess that's my big takeaway is that this album exists for a number of reasons. But at least partially because Kanye, and we've seen this evidentially over the last 10 or 12 years, very publicly, he has not healed from his mother's death. And it's very mm. sad. Yeah, and she died tragically. She was having liposuction surgery, and there were complications, and she died. Oh, at, I don't think I knew that. At fifty-eight years old, and oh. the opening track is is the Donda chant, and they say Donda fifty-eight times because she was fifty-eight.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, that's kind of hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we jump from the Donda chant, yeah, into what I can only describe as maybe the biggest banger of 2021 jail with jail jail rules jail rules now let's before we get completely into the album let's talk a little bit about the critical reception which isn't great is that right it isn't great well pitchfork gave it 6.0 sure which
0: pitchfork famously gave my beautiful dark twisted fantasy 10. They famously just like like love Kanye West. They give him in Rolling Stone as well, right? They just like constantly love everything he does. I think so, but I haven't seen a Rolling Stone review of it yet. But
1: I don't think that we're in an era where someone that is so kind of uh, divisive mm-hmm. can get full marks. No, we're not. You're right. So I think that's kind of working against him. All this to say... But it's not deserving of full marks either. I, I don't think it's deserving of full marks. I will say it's the best Kanye album in a long time. Yes, it as is. someone who likes a lot of Kanye. Yep. I liked it more than The Life of Pablo. It's better than Ye. It's better Ye- than Jesus is King. Well, better than Yeezus, you think? Yeah. I think it probably is better than
0: Yeezus. I think Yeezus is pretty good. Uh, the, look, without having quite the same experience or knowledge as you... Mm-hmm. What I can just say about this record is that it's incredibly fatty, and so half of yeah. it is genuinely great, mm-hmm. and half of it is boring and monotone. And and Kanye um, attests that they released it without his knowledge. Yeah, I know.
1: So, which I mean, at a certain point, you've promised this album over and over and over again. At, at a certain point, if if the label gets a hold of it, then they're gonna release but it. But
0: isn't it possible that that in itself is all just a part of the performance art of donda as a statement because like the fact that he's like publicly making it while having barricaded himself in a a stadium Mm -hmm. is definitely performance like that's perform that's part of the donda statement don't be fooled and is like feuding with
1: drake while drake is releasing certified lover boy tomorrow oh interesting okay yeah so that's a big part of it too and i think that's why kanye didn't want to release it because he wanted to put some more like possibly put some more topical stuff in it and also see what that was like before they released it um in any case i think in the kanye pantheon my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is the clear number one yeah it's masterpiece um graduation late registration and college dropout are all pretty close yep Hard to say like that there's a clear favorite there. They're all very solid. And they have the same theme too. Yeah. And then we go into a weird departure with 808s and Heartbreaks. I don't know it. Eight O Eights and Heartbreaks was um I think it might have been after his mom died. Okay. Is that possible? And Eight O Eights and Heartbreaks is basically like an R and B like slow album. Interesting. It's where he had like love lockdown. I don't know if you oh, yeah remember that yeah, song at all. Yeah. And then after that, went to Beautiful, Dark, Twisted Fantasy, which was like his like kind of and right. Pepper so far. And then, we, well, you say so far, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like
0: this is also yeah. Uh, there's there's not a high high chance for him to like get there guess. No, this is a man in his 40s who made a masterpiece in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. He's made a lot of good work, but like yeah. that that we're talking about full marks at all. is is crazy. It's ridiculous. You're right. We have to accept that a person's best work is behind them.
1: Totally. And I think about this... I I heard the the Rolling Stones referenced earlier this week. uh, And, like, Tattoo You being, like, one of their, like, best, like, later albums. Which was, like, in, like, 82. Yep. But they obviously still had, like, other big hits afterwards. Sure. And I think albums that fans wanted to be, like, amazing. Like, the same as... Sticky fingers or whatever. Yeah, and that's kind of the way that I am as a as a Kanye fan. Like I'm always rooting for this. Like, but
0: also like you're not the same person you were when you fell in love with this artist, and so it's this tough game of Mm -hmm. that person wanting to grow as an artist and maybe even feeling or knowing because they know themselves. Some argument over whether or not Kanye knows himself, but like assuming he understands who he is artistically or at least intentionally better than anybody else he might feel a certain way about a record and you being informed about all the experiences and the emotions you have invested in previous records that he's not actually in fact related to cannot possibly feel the same about the new music as a person in his early thirties, as you did in your late teens or something. Right. And so I kind of think the best he can do is make an album that, occasionally reminds you of that previous work and doesn't depart too much and so a good example of that is a track on this album called believe what i say which has major graduation vibes for me In that it's very hooky and solely and poppy but a lot of this album otherwise is not poppy and so i was struggling to feel like it was a kanye album interesting
1: uh, see i think that so which ones believe what i say is that the the kind of lauren hill
0: backed i think so like, vocally well one? I know there's a bit of like a, a, I think there's like a choral part in it, but I've only listened to this minimally, right? It's all very new. And so I don't even know the tracks by name very well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that song a lot. It's a great
1: song. Yeah. You're right. And, And it's kind of a pick me up in the middle of the album. So we start out strong
0: with Jail. Which, Which, by the way, is like Jay-Z, and so that part's really cool, and it's a good Jay-Z verse. Yeah. But I think that's also the one with Marilyn Manson on it, and so asterisk next to jail. I don't know. Is is Marilyn Manson actually involved in the album at all? I know he brought him out for like There's like the crunchy reveal. electric guitar in the song, so I figured that that was the point.
1: Maybe. It was weird because, yeah, he brought DaBaby and Marilyn Manson out yeah. like during the reveal. Which, again, is a statement. Yeah. You're, you're being controversial on purpose. I don't know if you, if you caught... Yeah, and it, and it sucks because like the I kind of feel like the baby version of the song is like as far as like a sonic listen goes. Yeah, it's really good. Sure. Yeah, like it just sounds good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but the Jay Z version is obviously I think it should have led. Yeah, because that's that's what people want to hear. Um, and there's there's one part that ends one of the songs and it's just, it kind of speaks to like the production that he puts in. That's so random. If you ever do a deep dive on like where Kanye gets random hooks from to like loop in, it's really crazy. Like samples. Yeah. There is this, <clears throat> the end of one of the songs is like, I am the glib glab glab lot, the shabba dubba 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 double rah. I don't remember hearing that. You don't remember that no. at all. Okay. There was a point where they were all on stage and that, that was playing like over and over again. That is apparently... It's like this this Christian kids show that you can find on YouTube. Oh. And, and this song goes on for like a long time. But it's kind of like like you kind of find yourself like nodding your head to it. Okay, But it's this really weird like animated blob. So did he find this show by trying to I have indoctrinate n- his kids? I have no idea how he found the show. I have no idea where it like came from how he thought to put it in this is the thing about the album is it's still pretty jesusy yes yeah it it did not back off that i was actually kind of thinking it was going to be more so
0: well and the album altogether is almost two hours long which is too long it's way too long and
1: i think that's i think that's why he took issue with them releasing it because he had versions of the song that probably wouldn't have been released. Right. He might've made it more compact. And then I think people might've said yeah, there's, there's not as much like he has two versions of, or
0: whoever released it has two versions of multiple songs, which is crazy. I just also think it's probably not unlike JK Rowling wrote a bunch of good children's books, but they got gradually longer because Mm -hmm. she Developed a reputation, she became more powerful, right? And they were less likely to tell her, No, you need to cut this down, it doesn't need to be this long, right? And I think that's probably happening with Kanye West too, because he's in charge. And what I was gonna say is, the whole thing is just under two hours, 20 minutes of those 111 minutes are one fucking song separated over two different movements, and it's called Jesus, Jesus Lord. And by the way, it's really good, but the second one, the 11 minute. Track, which is there's the other one's a nine minute track, is kind of just the same thing over again. The rap is the same, too. Most of the songs with with jesus and and God in the title, honestly, are not the best songs. I <clears> like life. Jesus lord. I think I think the hook is good. And I think the the spoken word in it is good. Yeah. The politics are interesting because you're right to point out that he has a a really complicated position in politics as a person who wore the red ball hat. But let us not forget he also ran for president against Donald Trump. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a good thing either. No. No,
1: it's kind of a, a kind of a crazy thing.
0: It's a crazy thing. There
1: there is that did you hear the the whole part where he's talking about like where it's the man who's thanking Kanye for like trying to go to the White House and get his dad out yeah, of jail. Yeah. That's Jesus Lord. Right. Yeah. Which I think like, is
0: very like Kanye congratulatory. It totally is. Yes. It totally is. And you know what it reminds me of? In the title track, the Donda track, not the chant, but the mm-hmm. track called Donda, Yeah, he appears to have hired an actress to play his mother to say words that he wrote. I know, Well, so she was like a, a professor. So you think that that's a sample of his mom? I
1: think it actually is a speechy... That's what I, the story I've been telling myself.
0: Okay. Because I could see that being... Let's just remember that uh-huh. this is a guy who for Kim Kardashian's birthday that's true. made a hologram of Robert Kardashian saying stuff Robert Kardashian never said.
1: That's very true. Very, very true. I, I will say, so it looks like jail off the grid hurricane praise God Jonah and okay. Okay. And believe what I say. And moon are now all singles. Okay. They've all got stars on Apple music. So oh,
0: that's a lot of singles. It's a ton of <laughs> singles, but
1: what did you think of Hurricane?
0: Hurricane's yeah. excellent. Yeah, and it's like the it's the first time in the record you get like a clean Kanye rap where he just like does what he did first, right? And that's really gratifying. Yeah, I think Okay, Okay is good. That's kind of about his mental health, I guess. Jonah's is really good. Uh, Jonah is really good. Mm-hmm. What I don't like is Junior. You don't like Junior? No, I hate it. Junior Amari. I hate it. I hated it both times. Oh, I actually it comes back. I actually liked it. No it's yeah, very annoying to me it's too. just like this weird chant that means nothing to me and it's so junior watanabe
1: is apparently a designer okay and junior watanabe on your wrist okay is your wrist
0: good for so you for, like, for like, learning that
1: he's wearing uh he's wearing, a junior watanabe yeah. watch and bragging about it.
0: so it's the watch song and i couldn't even get into it exactly oh, but it, i think he's kind of like a weird designer this is a song called Lord, I Need You, which seems like it's going to be a Jesus-y song. And then he spends the whole thing complaining about Kim. Right. It's almost like how he... Yeah. Like, and and the... I, I
1: love in jail, just like as, as a quick aside, how at one point he says like, being single ain't so
0: bad. Yeah. <laughs> which is just so funny because he's like just recently divorced. Well, he's recently divorced and... It's it's notable that like she is at the listening party in a wedding dress, playing oh, yeah. out a, a wedding, and he, before he lit himself on fire, which he did, he lit himself on fire. It's all part of this weird performance. Yeah. It's all about the attention, and I am interested in that. Yeah, it's kind of impressive. But we're also concerned for Kanye's mental health. Sure, always have been. do <laughs> There's a lot of times where Donda gets rhymed with Wakanda. Is there? There's like four different times in the album. I did not know. It's that. it's a good rhyme, but yeah. like that's a lot of Wakanda references. <laughs> I'm not sure what the song is, but I <laughs> love, and I'm not sure who the
1: feature is on it because like you can't see the features on the album. No, and I'm, and I'm not that familiar with like super current rappers like even DaBaby. Like no. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like I can tell you now because I I know that. But um, the album, the part where he goes like. Uh, I need a new girl. My old one was mean. (laughs) Makes me giggle every time. Like what a vulnerable rapper that guy is. He's like,
0: I need a new girl. My old one was mean. (laughs) The baby has been quasi canceled now. Yes. For being homophobic. Yeah. And I also, I feel like an idiot saying that name. Yeah, I know. I feel ridiculous. There's too many babies. This is a stupid name. Why did you settle on that? And there's also a little baby. Yep. That too. Why did you settle on that,
1: da baby, little baby? You ba- sure you want to stick baby with that face? Baby is yep. another rapper. You're
0: right. God damn. Any other thoughts about this record? I kind of feel like we we talked about it pretty comprehensively. We did. Um. So again, I'm like I'm stoked on. I've probably listened to it five times. It's good. It's and they're like, what I'll do is just like make a playlist of the songs i like and only listen yeah. to those and honestly which like, will cut it in half you can you can pretty much start it at jail and play it through
1: like 8 or 9 songs mm-hmm. and be relatively happy with that that's right i like both versions of jail so sometimes i like bookend it jail's really good jail's the takeaway it's a jam yes. like it's it's his first jam in, in years. a while yeah in a while like i i can see that playing at weddings sure i can just see that. missed it i can see that like imagine if you were on a dance floor in halifax let's just say for the sake of because i can't picture me on a dance floor in halifax anytime soon
0: no but if that came on oh yeah i'd be fired up yeah you'd be psyched i'd be really fired up really good so you give it your s i totally give it my ass. i do overall too but with the caveat that i think almost half of it is disposable yeah and it can't be overlooked
1: that if we're Kind of riding this theme of influence mm-hmm. that, you know, I think some people would say that it's messy. It's got bad influence, uh, bad influences on it in the sense of like who he's actually putting on. Yeah. He himself might not be a
0: terrific influence. Complicated figure, that kind of thing. Complicated. But figure. also, like, are the Beatles, like, generationally speaking?
1: Yeah, it's true. And at what point kind
0: of just is? And at what point, like, can you, you know, could you like something that Ted Nugent has done, knowing that he's not a good person? Maybe, but that's a bad example because I I don't see myself liking a Ted Nugent song. Sure. Yeah, but it kind of comes Catch back to our Joe though. Rogan conversation, doesn't it?
1: It does. But I think I think that the thing about Joe Rogan is that you don't objectively like or dislike the way that he like sounds like it's like like his interviews his interview style. It's almost like like if he made a work of art and you never
0: knew it was by him. Right. You could go. I like that. Okay. But all of this also describes Donald Trump like that, that if you listen to the text of what he's saying, it's really dangerous Mm -hmm. and messed up and probably his, his ethics are in the wrong place. Right. But if you just take him at face value, who's very charming and lots of people found him entertaining for a long time.
1: No, but that's not what I mean. I I mean, I mean that they're releasing something like an artist is releasing something that's more sonic. You're not necessarily listening to the message. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I'm, I I rarely, and and I do have friends that are like
0: that keyed into lyrics. I'm not really. Well, and honestly, to your point, even if you are somebody who keys into lyrics, and I am, yeah. there's a very big difference between somebody on their podcast as themselves saying, here's the message, go do it. Right. And someone saying, this is my art, this is who I am, maybe you'll enjoy it, or, right. or you will definitely enjoy it because I'm Kanye West. Like, as soon as somebody says, Catcher in the Rye told me to kill that person, right. That person is misinterpreting what the art was for. Right. But you can't say that a podcast is art in the same way. No. If a person is saying, no, don't get the vaccine. Like you're not, you're not bobbing your head to a podcast. You don't,
1: you don't hear, she my money. <laughs> and all of a sudden just go like, all right. And like start thinking about the um, power that that person necessarily has in the message they're trying to convey as much. Right. You just don't. Like, as opposed to just a
0: straight up speech, which Kanye is prone to making some speeches, but. Not for nothing, but Mm -hmm. Kanye did mandate vaccines at his listening parties. Hey! So that's good.
1: Step in the right direction. I think it is.
0: I don't mind that. So they cast the Will character for. (laughs) Right into Will Smith. Absolutely. (laughs) They cast the Will character for Bel Air. It's just called Bel Air, the dramatic Fresh Prince remake. Bel Air. The, the actor, the young fellow, is named Jabari Banks. Okay. Uh, his name is Banks. Banks? Wow. <laughs> um, Nomin- that's good. Nominal determinant. <laughs> it's nominal determinant. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: He's never been in a thing. His IMDb page is like completely pure. Wow. It's a blank canvas. Right. So do we have the next Will Smith in Jabari Banks? Do we trust Jabari Banks? Jabari Banks? Well... <laughs> show show tng will have a never trust your barry banks sign off <laughs> that's right when we pass it on to our kids <laughs> uh son here take my podcast and it says in his will he left you <laughs> this pod
1: oh he left me that
0: thing <laughs> imagine it's just me my son has to come and do yeah. it with you oh okay <laughs> <laughs> my dad had no money he left me his seat on the podcast. <laughs> and you're like, uh, and, uh, in other
1: news, uh, George <laughs> Clooney has gone to hospice.
0: <laughs> Why do I have that voice? In I the don't future? know. It's just like it's your
1: old voice. That's what you get like when you're old. I would say you'd be, you'd be, yeah, you're right. You'd be, uh, a lot more, um, uh, uh, uh Verbose and uh,
0: enunciative, if that's a. I that's think a word I'm point. either going to get crankier than ever, which is a very strong possibility mm. as an old man, or I'm going to totally mellow out. You're going to soften up. I might really. Very- like, I already have it like a softness, but yeah. like I might become so genteel. You'll be <laughs> the gentleness will yeah. really come out. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, you. Uh-
1: you being like oh honey 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 and just like hugging someone be like you're gonna be okay i don't yeah. know why i keep putting that yeah, brooklyn you're, accent you're on. you're doing a
0: weird like borderline <laughs> offensive accent yeah <laughs> i'm sorry
1: <laughs> you're going to be uh, i think it's more like you are going to be okay
0: yeah and then just hugging them see that's gentility mm-hmm. yeah it's you know what you, what's, you know what it'll never change
1: <laughs> what'll never change
0: i'll never trust will smith
1: and I'll never trust the future Jabari
0: Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad.